Hey everyone, Larry Bailey here, bringing you another weekly newsletter update. This is brought to you by Ridge Lending Group. Anytime you need any information, make sure you get a hold of Ridge at 855-74-RIDGE or send an email to info at ridgelendinggroup.com. Or for goodness sake, make sure you get to the Calling All Investors Live with Chaley event every Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, at least a half an hour, sometimes longer, um, where she gets into current topics and takes your questions and gets you answers. So here's what's going on with this weekly newsletter. Today is January 30th, if you can believe it, 2023. It blinked, and we're already uh, in the midst of the first quarter. So we're going to do this week of January 23rd, 2023. This information, of course, is brought to you from our awesome friends over at MBS Highway, your trusted source for mortgage market intelligence. If you don't have a, uh, a resource to get to MBS Highway, get over to mbshighway.com, sign up, you won't regret it. So housing activity moved higher in December. Inflation continues to cool and more recession signals are flashing. Here's the new stories for this week. Inflation turning the corner. The next story is pending home sales rise for the first time in six months. Next story is new home sales ticked higher in December. Next story is caveats to positive fourth quarter GT, GDP, gross domestic product. Next story is initial jobless claims decline for second consecutive week. The last story is economic slowdown and recessions signs continue, and there's probably a hack in there somewhere. We'll get to it when we do. Here's the first story. Inflation turning the corner. So the Fed's favorite measure of inflation, the personal consumption expenditures, PCE, showed that headline inflation rose 0.1% in December, while the year-over-year reading declined from 55 to 5%. The core PCE, which strips out volatile food prices and energy prices, rose by 0.3%, with a year-over-year change falling from 4.7 to 4.4. So what's the bottom line here, guys? Headline PCE has declined nearly 2% after peaking in June, and while the core PCE is down 1% after reaching 5.4% last February, so 11 months ago, this is a meaningful improvement in inflation, and the decline is expected to continue. Inflation is calculated as a reminder on a rolling 12-month basis. So we talked about this. So the total of the past 12-month inflationary uh, inflation readings uh, gives us a year-over-year uh, rate of inflation. And readings from the start of last year are higher comparisons. So if we continue to see lower monthly inflation readings, the annual rate of inflation will continue to move lower. And you can watch, you know, every every week I talk about this, but over here at the top right, that's a live ticker for the cost of money on the 30-year uh, mortgage-backed security of 5.5%. That's the benchmark we've been using for a very, very long time. And uh, this was in the 98s. This is now in the 101.36, which means money is um, less expensive than it was last year. Uh, so we'll see what's going on here. We got some reports coming out this week. We had some stuff roll out this morning, and we'll get to that later. Let's keep on going here with last week's stories. So uh, next story is pending home sales rise for the first time in six months. If you're not watching this on video, get over to Ridge Lending Group community. Check out the video. You'll see the image there. Pending home sales rose 2.5% from November to December, ending sixth straight, well, that's typo, ending six straight months of declines. However, sales were 33.8%. 
lower than they were a year earlier. This is a critical report for taking the pulse of the housing market as it measures signed contracts on existing homes, which represents around 90% of the market. So what's the bottom line here? Our friend Lawrence Young, chief economist for the National Association of Realtors, noted, quote, this is this recent low point in home sales activity is likely over. Mortgage rates are the dominant factor driving home sales and recent declines in rates are clearly helping stabilize the market. Close quote. Um, we'll see. You know, I think, I think a lot of people were fearful over the economy. I'm not necessarily in the same camp 100% with what Lawrence Young has said. Um, he, after all, is a much probably smarter person when it comes to economy than I certainly am. Um, but after talking with people all over the country that I do, a lot of folks were scared. Um, and uh, that, you know, they were worried about their jobs, uh, rightfully so. A lot of folks are off work now um, versus three months ago in certain sectors of the marketplace. So I'm not quite sure it was just the mortgage rates, um, but we will see. Next story is new home sales ticked higher in December. Again, there's a nice little image here uh, on screen going from uh, northeast, midwest, south, and west. So new home sales, which measures signed contracts on new homes, rose 2.3% in December to give a 616,000 unit annualized pace, which was in line with estimates. Note there was a negative revision to November sales that made December's gain appear a bit bigger. So what's the bottom line here? December saw a slight decline in mortgage rates, so it makes sense that buyer activity moved higher. And while the median price for new homes fell 400, from 459000 in November to 442000 in December, so it's about a seventeen dollars or $16,900 change, this is not the same as decline in home prices. The median price simply means that half the homes sold were above that price and half were below it, and this figure can be skewed by the mix of sales among lower-priced and higher-priced homes. Looking closely at inventory, there were 461,000 new homes for sale at the end of December, which equates to a nine-month supply. However, only 71,000 were completed, which, uh, with the rest either not started or under construction. So the number of completed homes equals to a 1.4-month supply of homes, which is well below a balanced market, and show and continues to show uh, inventory remains tight. Listen, one other thing I want to talk about here that's not talked about in the story is in December, the FHFA, that's the, um, the Federal Housing Finance Agency, they increased for the government-sponsored entities, i.e. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, increased the, um, the maximum loan amount um, way higher. It's like 700-something thousand. You'd think I'd know this by heart now, but uh, I don't. But anyway, it's certainly well above 459000 So what's interesting to me is that this average declined um, from uh, November to December. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens here in January when the numbers come out. Uh, next story is caveats to positive fourth quarter GDP. So the first reading of gross domestic product, also known as GDP, for the fourth quarter of last year showed that the U.S. economy grew by 2.9% annualized, which is higher than estimates. Note that this is the first of three readings, and there can be significant revisions when the second and final readings are released on February 23rd and March 30th, respectively. So what's the bottom line here? GDP functions as a scorecard for the country's economic health. Last year, GDP was negative for both the first and the second quarters before turning positive in the third. Remember we talked about this? That was like, was it a recession? Was it not a recession? 
Um, while the positive initial reading for the fourth quarter sounds like good news, there is more to the data than this headline number. If you look at the internals of the data, inventory build, uh, inventory build played a big role in the overall figure. So inventory build, if you're not used to that, that's basically companies ordering inventory and stocking it, getting ready for something coming up. So recent data showed that personal spending declined in November and December, while retail sales were weak during the holiday shopping season, leaving companies with excess inventory. So again, this is they bought it, they got ready to sell it, and it didn't sell. So as a result, companies may start to slash prices, which could become a drag on the economy and impact GDP in the first and second quarters of this year. I don't know. We'll see. Next story is initial jobless claims decline for the second consecutive week. So on the uh, image here, we see our uh, usual suspects, California, New York, and Texas. The number of people filing for unemployment benefits for the first time fell by 6,000 in the latest week as 186,000 initial jobless claims were reported. This marked the second week in a row that initial jobless claims declined, keeping them below the 200,000 person mark. Continuing claims, which measure people who continue to receive benefits after their initial claim is filed, rose 20,000 to 1.675 million. So what's the bottom line here? Data from the latest Bureau of Labor Statistics jobs report, the BLS jobs report, showed that the companies are reducing workers' hours as opposed to outright letting them go, which may be contributing to the decline in the initial unemployment claims. However, continuing claims have risen by more than 300,000 over the last four months, which suggests it's becoming harder for many to find a job if they are let go. Next story is the economic slowdown and recession signs continue. So several reports released last week continue to show that the economy is slowing. The National Association of Business Economics released their January 2023 Business Conditions Survey of 60 of its members' firms. The responses showed that profit margins remain under pressure and hiring plans turned negative for the first time since the pandemic. Just over half of the respondents felt that there was a 50% or higher chance of a recession over the next year. So 50x percent of the uh, 60 of the member firms, so 30 30 some odd companies felt that there was at least a a 50% or higher chance of recession. That's, That's... That's the math here. So the conference board also released their leading economic index, which is the LEI, for December, showing that it fell 1%, following a 1.1% decline in November. This report is a composite of economic indices that can can signal peaks and troughs in the business cycle. Of note, the LEI was down 4.2% from June through December of last year, and it has also been in contraction for 10 months in a row. The conference board explained how the rollover indicators and trajectory over the last six months is a recession signal that has been highly accurate historically. So remember the context here. We're talking about economic slowdown and recession signs continue. That's what we're talking about here because it's getting real messy in the, in the weeds. So we are also continuing to see inversions in the yield curve. We talked about this too, where now we've got the one month, the three month, and the one year and the two year All these yields are moving higher than the 10-year yields, and this is really impactful. And it's unusual because you would typically expect to receive a higher rate of return if you put your money away for 10 years compared to one, three months, or one year, or two years. Um, And again, this is symptomatic of uh, people believing that the economy is slowing. So what's the bottom line here? 
the economy has been slowing in large part because of an aggressive action taken by the Fed over the last year to try to tame runaway inflation, including seven unprecedented rate hikes to its benchmark Fed funds rate. This is the overnight borrowing rate for banks, if you've forgotten, and it's not the same as mortgage rates. Raising the cost of borrowing on certain items slows the economy down and incentivizes savings rates, driving down demand and thus curbing inflation, which has begun to cool. Investors will be closely watching what the Fed uh, does next to fight inflation at their meetings, which begin Tuesday, that's tomorrow, with monetary policy statement and press conferences coming on Wednesday. Hey, listen, on these savings rates, by the way, if you haven't looked recently, you can get like, I think it's Capital One or someplace like that. There's a, there's a few banks. Um, they're three plus percent in savings. So if you've got a money market with a bunch of cash just sitting there um, and you're getting like, you know, 0.1%, which is usually what people are getting, stick it over in a, a temporary account um, and check it out. At least check it out and see if you can gain some extra money while your money's just sitting there doing nothing. Uh, family hack of the week. Here we go. It's the start of the tax season and it often brings an uptick in tax related scams. True story. You got to be careful of these things. These reminders from the IRS will help keep your identity safe all year long. I will tell you that my wife was a victim of identity theft for the first time in, uh, you know, in 50 years, uh, that we've been <laughs> having credit. And, uh, fortunately, Chase. So, these these scoundrels opened up a new account through triple A credit card something or other. Took ninety six hundred bucks. I've got credit karma. I've got some other stuff going on. Identity protection, all this other stuff. It was Chase credit card that alerted her that hey, congratulations on your new account. She was like, what? And she went over in, and it turns out um, Chase has a credit journey product that we, we sign up for. Um, I put everything through Chase. Um, their rewards card is phenomenal. Um, I keep flying to Hawaii and all places, all other places for free because um, they're just rewards is, is great. Anyway, my point is, is that yes, identity theft is real. Yes, it happens when you don't expect it. So if you're not putting, if you don't have a freeze on your credit report, um, I always suggest you do that. It's free. You can go to TransUnion, Equifax and Experian. It signs up. It takes you like 30 seconds to sign up and put a freeze on your account um, to stop all the bad actors out there. Anyway, back to our story here. So the IRS will not initiate contact with taxpayers by email. They never do. Um, they will never request personal information or financial information. If you receive something suspicious, it looks like from the IRS or a treasury or tax related email, don't open it. Don't click on anything. Don't reply to the sender. Just delete that sucker. Um, and put them in your junk. Make sure they don't send you any more stuff. The IRS will also never leave a pre-recorded message, ever. They don't operate that way. I was audited by the IRS for three years. Fantastic people just trying to collect the money that they feel that they're due. They're, they're um, honestly, it's, it's they're never going to call you. They're going to send you letters. It's no big deal. Um, the IRS will, ne will never call you to demand immediate payment using, especially using prepaid gift cards or wire transfers. That's just not the way they work. Um, the IRS also does not demand payment without giving taxpayers a chance to question or appeal the amount owed. True story again. They'll send you a letter. They'll tell you you got 45 or sometimes even longer days to review it and to respond in writing and even go to uh, tax court. Um, it's real simple. It's not a big deal unless you're a tax cheat. And then, yeah, you should be scared. 
Uh, the IRS also reminds people that scammers can fake or spoof an IRS phone number or the phone numbers for various places. So if you get a, if you get something in the email like call me and you call the number and it sounds like IRS, dude, it's a scam. Don't do it. Just that's not the way the IRS operates. So hopefully this has been helpful for you. Here's what we're looking on for this week. We have updates on housing, jobs, and the Fed meeting highlighted uh, highlighted busy week ahead on Tuesday. That's tomorrow, the 31st. Look for home price appreciation data for, uh, for November from the Case-Shiller Home Price Index and the Federal Housing Finance Agency House Pricing Index. Uh, from the labor sector's ADP employment report, will give us an update on private payrolls for January when it's released on Wednesday. The latest jobs claims data will be reported on Thursday, while Friday brings the Bureau of Labor Statistics jobs report for January, which includes non-farm payrolls and the unemployment rate. Uh, as noted, the Fed's two-day meeting begins Tuesday, tomorrow, that's the 31st, with a monetary policy statement and press conference coming Wednesday, that's February 1st. Now, if you've been watching up here, it's gotten about five basis points well, worse. Uh, red means worse, typically, and in this case, this case it does, so... Uh, there's some technical picture stuff down here. Don't worry about it. You're not trading mortgage-backed securities, so you, you just need to get on the phone. If you have any lending questions, call Ridge Lending Group. Seriously, work with either Chaley Ridge or one of her awesome dedicated lending specialists at 855-74-RIDGE or email to info at ridgelendinggroup.com or go to ridgelendinggroup.com and just start an application and get it over with and let's get uh, let's let's help them get you money in your hands that you need. Thanks, everybody, for watching these. Hope all as well as can be, and take care. We'll see you next time.